want me to get really loud i mean i probably won't get louder than that <laughs> all right that's good, that good. yeah and clearly like yeah if we were to get loud likely right, right, exactly. <laughs> i mean i am by nature kind of a louder person so. sometimes i want to like tell these comics like have you ever used a microphone before bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> like i know it's a podcast and yeah. i know it's like a, a different medium and you can't hear yourself through the speaker right but it is still like you know, pull it up, bro. Pull yeah. up the microphone or like when you're yelling, take it away. Right. <laughs> Just be aware of your own volume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, man, I was definitely <laughs> thinking to myself, I shouldn't say bro as much on this podcast because <laughs> it's going to be awkward calling you bro. <laughs> That's OK. I think so far twice i've been mistakenly introduced as like uh this next guy mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um which it doesn't bother me but i just think it's funny right it's, i mean it's right. just it's the default it usually is a guy so i know that we're trying to be comics but the one thing that i'm starting to kind of get away from is like i i don't like the host always going super funny coming up next guy really funny yeah it's always like when you're seeing like art you don't have to like preface like this guy he knows how to really paint yeah he's really artistic it's just like, show me the painting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it in one regard because I do know they are trying to you well, know, yeah. help the audience and stuff and they're trying to make their show sound better. But at the same time, too, it's like, you know, like people, you'll you'll say that and like the next person will not be funny. And it's like, well, you just lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> and but, do they take it up with the host? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, um, you I said don't know. this guy yeah. was going to be super funny and I did not see him being super right. funny. Right. I should get like a free drink or something for that because that was a straight up lie. Yeah, I think that uh, I would love to be the host that, like, just does it super honest. Like, hey, next guy coming up has never made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, people say he's funny, but uh, whatever. (laughs) Daryl Williams. (laughs) This guy's 0 for 10. Let's see if he can make it 1 in 10. Make me laugh. (laughs) Is he going to say a stupid transgender joke again? All right. Anyway, (laughs) coming up. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, like, maybe that maybe that would be me at some point in yeah. hosting. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, what the comedy store does, yeah. where they have just the comic bring up the next comic. You know, yeah, there is no host. Is cool, yeah. I don't know how many common, you know, how many clubs do that. Mm-hmm. Not Most open mics don't do that. Right, yeah, it's usually just the one host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Did you ever get a chance to host yet? Not yet, no. Um, it's, you know, when I think about that, it's something I would like to do, but um, I don't think I could be somebody who would, like, be a regular host of something. I think I, you know, because there are hosts who have been doing it for years, whatever, the same show and everything. Right, right. I don't think I would have the patience for that. <laughs> like, the most I could probably do is, like, a few months. I'd be like, all right, dude, I'm out. You know? Right. Um, I'd be open to, you know, guest hosting or something. It would be tough. It's a commitment. It's just like yeah. this podcast in a way. I mean, I wouldn't say the exact same way, but the in the sense of you need a time that's going to go towards this thing. Right. And it's going to be on a weekly basis and usually mm-hmm. on the same day. And, uh, yeah, it's in any successful thing, you're going to have to have that thing 
be consistent. Right. And be yep. all the time, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Not, there's been plenty of times where I, it's not like I've never wanted to do it, but there are times where I'm thinking, did it have to be this minute? Yeah. Or this day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do Does Monday have to be tomorrow? And do I have to have the episode out then? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. But uh, yeah, just uh, the whole on a weekly basis thing, I think that'd just be a little too much for right. me. You know? And what do you do normally outside of comedy? Like, uh, Right now, it's pretty much just comedy. I mean... Um, just eat, breathe, sleep comedy. Pretty much. You know, I mean, I work full time and, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Prior in the to, exciting world of of uh, digital advertising, yeah. that is exciting. <laughs> I mean, I like my job. Are you sure and, you want to uh, go to the comedy? You're already I living know, the dream yeah, right now. Totally. Um, I like my job, and I love my company. My company's been great, yeah. Because you know, I've worked for some not so great companies in the past. So it's, if uh, if you're gonna have to have a day job, why not have a nice yeah, one? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like you know, my company really treats their employees well and everything. So right. I like that. Um, and, but I mean, and what are you doing? What papers are you pushing? Uh, basically, kind of in a nutshell, without getting a little too technical about my job, um, I run advertising campaigns online. So we mm-hmm. have you know salespeople who you know go out and sell like, okay, hey, you know, you give us five hundred thousand dollars and we'll you know yeah, take your ads, yeah, pretty much. We'll put them online. We're going to promise you this kind of performance, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to see this much traffic, or you're going to see, yeah, this much exactly. You know, growth. you'll you'll get like you know this amount of people clicking on your mm-hmm. ads, mm-hmm. and you know you'll get this you know kind of boost in revenue, whatever. So it's my job to make sure that you know these ads are running online, they're performing right. the way they need right. to. So I, you know, I'll go through reporting, make sure everything's doing what it needs to. And if it's not, I need to find out why it's not hmm. and then what I need to do to get it these there. ads suck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why aren't uh, they clicking? Yeah, exactly. You know, social so. media marketing. I mean, that's definitely like something that I need to do with yeah. my own self, my own brand, <laughs> my own podcast, everything. I mean, man. It's so much like, I did not know that like when you were telling jokes on the downside of those telling jokes, you're going to have to be selling t-shirts. You're going to be have to yeah. selling yourself. You're going to be have to doing a lot of other things besides telling jokes. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, you know, you got to know how to promote yourself and everything too. And, uh, you know, a big part of going to open mics is meeting other comics. Yep. You know, like that's the, you know, just as important as developing mm-hmm. your material and mm-hmm. everything. Cause you can be really funny, but if you just go up, you know, do your set and leave and don't talk to anybody, yes. people just like, well, that guy's funny, but I guess he's kind of a dick, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you know, like, I mean, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't know anybody. Totally. So. Totally. Totally. Well, I thought that this was a, a good reason to start this podcast for that reason too, yeah. to try to get to know people outside of the comedy scene mm-hmm. and to just be like, Hey, you know, let's hang. You know, I know we, hang out a lot at the open mics and yeah. different clubs and whatnot, but what do you do outside of that? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, as I was saying, you know, like outside of working full time, um, really just comedy, like, uh, it's pretty much eating up my free time right now, which is fine. I love doing it. Uh, and how long have you been officially about doing it? Four months right now. So mm-hmm. I'm still pretty new. Yeah. It's so amazing but... that I've now met people that have been doing it less than me. Yeah. How long I, have you been in it? I've not only I've done it. Well, it'll be a year in March. Okay. Well, next month probably. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, almost a year. Yeah. And uh, it's just I always felt like I was like, oh, I'm just now doing it. Like mm-hmm. I've just I feel like I've just I'm still meeting people that have been doing it years and years and yep. years. And now it's like, oh, now I'm meeting a couple other people that are like, oh, you started after me? Mm-hmm. Crazy. 
crazy. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I'm only a few months in, but I've already met some comics who are like, oh, I'm a couple of weeks or, you know, a month in at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm still new, but there's always somebody newer. A.K.A. Daryl Williams, A.K.A. Dude, with the perfect guest for this episode, my good friend and fellow stand-up comedian, first-time guest, Emily Champlin? Champlin. (laughs) I'll say it with authority. Champlin! Hey, what's up? Yes. Awesome, awesome. I am definitely glad that you came on the show. I, I was... Uh, it's always nice, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I will say it's always a nice feeling when people say, hey, can I come on yeah. your show instead <laughs> of me bug- bugging them and insistently going, do, do you want to come on my show? <laughs> no, no, I'm glad to be big, here. This is, big, yeah, this yeah, is cool. So. No, but it was it was very thoughtful. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, <laughs> definitely come on. No, like I said, I'm glad to do it. So Yeah, it's, have you done a lot of podcasts? No, this is my first. Oh, I'm... So. I'm popping a lot of cherries yeah uh, i've done a few guys uh that have uh never done podcasts before me and mm-hmm. I, it's always funny because i mean when i was in college i had a college radio show and i was i worked at the radio station and so i did a lot of on-air stuff hosting yep. interviewing things like that so now this kind of feels like second nature to me but it is like mm-hmm. wow there's people that still haven't done this yeah, like no. i feel like everybody has a podcast and everybody's <laughs> been on a podcast yeah it does it does seem like everybody has a podcast these days but no i haven't been on one yet so have you ever thought about doing your own uh not really i mean you know just i don't really know what yeah you have to have a my premise, yeah what you know? like my shtick would be or whatever yeah, i was gonna say what could so. your stick be like what if you did like yeah like a real crime story or like <laughs> this is what i would do if i you know because you have a, a police background a so little you bit could, yeah like you know take down like you know crimes or like listen to like court cases and then say this is what i would do <laughs> case closed with emily Champion. well you what i t- do like are uh well i don't have cable anymore i just use an amazon fire stick right. for everything but uh when i did have cable before i cut the cord one of my favorite things to watch was investigation discovery of course so, every woman loves i know it. i call it the murder channel because <laughs> it's just murders 24 7 and, and how did it happen exactly but you know you watch it too much when you'll Watch, like, an episode of, like, Wives with Knives where you see this murder, <laughs> and then you'll watch an episode of, like, Dateline, and it's yep. the same murder, and you'll be like, oh, nice. I know what happens. Yeah, you're like, you know? Dateline, it's, they already had that on Wives with yeah, Knives. exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, that happened many times. They'd be like, oh, I've already mm-hmm. seen, you know, Get some more murders. Like, yeah. who's not? I'm like, yeah, there <laughs> not enough people are killing each other these days. Like, I have seen what happens here. We need more content, guys. <laughs> so start murdering and start making it very unsolved because i need some things to watch right right, right. <laughs> yeah you what know. is it about though like women's obsession to, yeah it is true crime a very stuff. female thing i don't know and i mean like i think it's I just because not... they have more empathy they, I, they yes, love maybe. watching others and going wow i can't believe like what that person must have been going through or you know maybe, is it that or I am know, i just projecting for, that, that maybe it for some people for me i don't really know what it is you're, you're uh, just like a sadistic person yeah probably <laughs> uh 
you know, I guess also to like uh, a bit of a story, I'll try and keep it kind of short. I, cause I remember for years, you know, when you would see on the news and stuff like, oh, somebody murdered somebody, they yes. would always interview, you know, family members or neighbors or friends or whatever. And these people would always be like, oh no, I can't believe they did it. They're such a nice guy. They would never yes. do anything mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. me as a viewer would always think, oh yeah, but they did it. So it shows <laughs> what you know. Until, until... I kind of knew somebody who committed a murder. Whoa. Yeah. Like, um, personally? Like, how well did you know this person? Not very well. Uh, I'll give you, like I said, just the very basic story. Uh, when I graduated college, when I was looking for a job and stuff, I briefly looked into joining the military. And um, I was going through the process of joining the Navy. Certainly, I did not join the Navy. Uh, my recruiter, who I'd been working with for about two months later killed his pregnant wife yeah and uh at that point like i was no longer in the process when this happened two people yeah technically uh he ultimately got sentences for yeah murdering his his child um but i remember when that happened because this happened you know uh, at least six months after i had stopped the whole process and Mm -hmm. everything um and I was, <laughs> and now you're like, it makes sense that he said like, I hate my wife during the interview. He wasn't married at the time <laughs> though. Yeah, it was like he was only married to her for a couple of months, and just, clearly yeah. he was trying to uh, did not want to get married I, or had know, some had some I, second thoughts. It sounds thoughts. like they got married because she got pregnant. Clearly, um, but basically, you know, the, with the whole thing, I remember when I first found out about it, I could not believe it yeah. at all. Like my thing, I was like, "There's no way!" Oh my god, no, 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 no! Like mm-hmm. I didn't know him that well, but he was super nice to me. Yeah. You know, I remember at the time my grandmother was in the hospital, and he was always asking how she was doing. Yeah, you know, things like that. And I still had his business card in my wallet. Just um, so yeah, I was just in total denial for a while, and then yeah. ultimately, like as more information came out, because like he was on the run for a couple of months and then they go wow. home yeah um as, as more information caught out it's like he clearly did this you know <laughs> <laughs> but and it was just like so it, i i understood these people's reactions of like no there's no way he was such a nice guy and you know you not knowing the person yeah. you're like whatever you guys don't know what you're talking about but, but that's what yeah. is crazy about like what drives a nice guy to it mm-hmm. and it's unprotected sex and getting pregnant yeah 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 well it sounds like the situation with him is he was like accusing her of having cheated on him and it might not be his kid although they did do a dna test after the fact and it was his kid so it was he went on maury and then (laughs) you are the father yeah and then he stabbed her yeah (laughs) so but uh yeah yeah proving once again never join the navy yeah (laughs) but uh yeah nuts yeah I, i always I think I ran into a serial killer once. I can't prove it. I was working at a Togo's, and this guy just seemed so off. Mm. And he was just asking, like, either he was a mental case, yeah. or, yeah, he just killed five people, like, before he went to Togo's. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got him in my trunk right now. <laughs> yeah, but he was just yeah. asking all these questions about, like, you know, um, my family and, like, where I was, like, a re- yeah. <laughs> A lot of questions you were asking earlier. Yeah. <laughs> No, crazy. I'm not saying you're a serial killer. <laughs> she is a serial killer, guys. The whole cop thing was just a front. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny to tell the police academy, like, I dabble in a little murder. Yeah, you know, just, just yeah. it's just a hobby. Yeah, you know. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm squeaky clean. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you gotta have some skeletons in your closet. Right, <laughs> literally yeah. skeletons. They're really skeletons. You know, I just take it to the, the literal sense there. Awesome.
Emily. Emily, do you like to, uh, you know, correct people with your last name? Or do you like having people just guess? Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that it doesn't really bother me, like when people mispronounce it, but I usually will be like, it's Champlin. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people will say Chaplin yes. or Chapman or just or Champion. Champlain. Yeah, Champlain. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's a lot of people miss the M or, in there. Do or they do like it. a different, instead of like a soft A, it's like a all, like a Champlin. I've never really heard that actually. Yeah. No, Maybe but, I'll uh, start doing that. <laughs> well, funny enough, my, my family name years ago was Chaplin, but it was really? changed by, uh, I believe Somebody it's drunk? like, no, um, <laughs> from what I know of the story, uh, I believe it was changed by my great, great grandpa or great, great uncle. One hmm. of the two, um, from what I know, he <laughs> What's was, the tale? <laughs> yeah, he was married and, you know, had a family and everything and decided he was going to divorce his wife and uh, was, was Catholic. Mm. This was not okay in right, the Catholic right. faith. Mm. So, so he, he left his family <laughs> oh, okay. and changed his name so he could get remarried. Mm. So he became whatever champlain, and I'm sure God and that made said, it okay. "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus was fine with yeah, that, but so. but the state was also fine with it too. So that's yeah. fine. Well, it's also interesting too because uh, you know years ago, a couple of times I've been like contacted online by other people with the last name Champlin, mm. saying like, "Oh yeah, we're putting together a family tree." You know, you're Champlin <laughs> in the Chicago area, whatever. And I'm like, "We are not related." Yeah, you know, because uh, <laughs> there is a line of Champlins that that is their real name in this country. Right. Um, they however, look like the clumps. Yeah, <laughs> but my family were the Bizarro Champlins. Right. We stole their identity. We stole their name. <laughs> you know, uh, we're really chaplains. But you know, yeah, for... what kind of like family did you come from? Like, mm-hmm. you had like a, a great great grandpa that wanted to like just get a different identity. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know too much of the story there. And from you know, it doesn't really sound like any of my family members really know what that story was. Mm. Like, it's just mm. kind of like that's all we really know. Um, so do you care about like your ancestry or are you, I do. Are you always actually, curious like about um, that? It's pretty well documented on both sides. Uh, my dad's side, the family. So the Champlin side there. Um, I mean, like I said, it was originally Chaplin. So that's a British name. Right. I'm a quarter, not a quarter British, uh, an eighth British, uh, eighth British, eighth German, eighth Slovakian and an eighth Alsatian. Alsace is mm. actually part of France now. Must have been some party. Yeah. It used to be its own country. Um, and then my mom's side, the family is hundred percent Irish. Wow. So yeah. My, I don't even know what my, my parents tell me it's like half Irish, half Scottish, half Mm. whatever. I've never really, I told a guy, a friend of mine a long time ago that I never really cared about where I grew up or my ancestry or whatever. And he totally like took offense. Like, wow, what? (laughs) You don't want to know where you came from? Yeah. Not really. I mean, I was born in Anaheim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's where I came from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, uh, I don't know. I kind of find it interesting. I don't know, uh. Right. I mean, like, like I said, like there, there's a lot of documentation on both sides. You know, we've had family members from both sides of the family who have actually gone through and dug through all that kind of stuff, but I haven't really, you know, gone through a lot of it. Um, but I do know uh, the Champlin line, the Chaplin line, they can actually trace that back to, I want to mm-hmm. say, like the 16th century in England, so pretty far back. And do you have, like, a natural ability to, like, be great in silent movies? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no relation to Charlie. Damn. As much as I would love to say that we were, uh, yep. yeah, because uh, when I found out that was our original name, I was like, are we related to Charlie? Chaplin, no. He divorced my grandma yeah. <laughs> and became a silent movie star. The little tramp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I watched a, a few Charlie Chaplin movies just uh, 
you know, added nostalgia recently, and yeah. Buster Keaton too. And, yeah. and they some of them hold up. Others are kind of like, okay, I get it. That's uh, that's a lot of old movies in general too. I mean, like I watch a lot of old movies and whatnot. I are you a huge movie buff? Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a movie buff, but I have certain, you know, interests in film and like a lot of, you know, actors and stuff that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, uh, so if there's someone or something I like, I'm going to watch like everything I can with that right. person in it or regarding that or whatever. So, I mean, and this is where I'm going to get real nerdy on you right now. <laughs> uh, I like, for example, I love... Bing Crosby. He's one of my favorite right? people. So I literally have no joke, like almost 40 of his movies over on that wow. shelf right there. 40. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Some of them are pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I still How like them. How many him. of them uh, does he treat uh, women poorly in? <laughs> he was not an abuser. Um, that's the thing, not too. On I've camera. got, I've, you know, I've got books on him and everything, too. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of his stuff. Uh, and what's it about him? You know, it's his ears or no, just his voice? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, that's the kind of music I listen to most of the time is a lot of the Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, all that kind of stuff. I mean, like right behind you, I have my Rat Pack poster nice. on the wall. Nice, yeah, it's very... So, um, you know... It, it and, ties the room together, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's really what I listen to most of the time. And when I first started getting into that music, I was probably like 16, 17, and I had started listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra... Cause it's witchcraft, wicked witchcraft, and although I know it's strictly taboo. You know, he was kind of the gateway drug of like, I discovered <laughs> all these other, you know, crooners and whatnot, and yeah, I started sure. listening to Bing Crosby, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's voice is even better than Frank's. See the pyramids along the night. Watch the sunrise on a tropic island. Just remember, darling, all the while you belong to me. So, you know, and being of that era, you know, you weren't just a singer back then. You were an actor. You danced. You did whatever the entertainment industry told you to do. You had to do it all. So, you know, and... uh, Was he ever on those, like, friar roasts? Frank? Well, Frank was, but... Bing, uh, Bing did not. No, yeah. um, I figured he would have been there. Yeah, he. That wasn't really his kind of thing, and a lot of people kind of criticized him because they did uh, a Dean Martin roast of um, Bob Hope. Yeah. As a young boy in England, Bob never had much to say. He couldn't afford writers then. In the late 30s, Bob was in vaudeville and then starred on his own radio show. When World War II broke out, Bob Hope volunteered to go overseas to entertain our GIs. Bob holds the singular distinction of being the only civilian who was ever slapped by General Patton. And people were like, why is Ben Crosby not here? Because they had such a close association. Right, right, but, right. you know, just, uh, you know, Bob Hope was just like, it's just not his thing. You know? <laughs> that doesn't sound like Bob Hope. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of Bob Hope movies, too. A lot of them right over there. But can you do so, a Bob Hope impression? No. <laughs> he made a lot of terrible movies, too. <laughs> yep, and I yep. own a lot of them. Yep. Um, I love how, like, back then... You know, him and, you know, John Wayne, mm-hmm. they were just them in yeah. every single movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like John Wayne as a cowboy. Yeah, I'm 30 years older than you are. Had my back broke once and my 
hip twice, and on my worst day, I could beat the hell out of you. Or John Wayne as a general. Better commence evasive zigzag pattern, Commander. Set extra lookouts. Aye, aye, sir. Yeah. Or John Wayne as uh, Genghis Khan. I share your taste in women, Target Ty, but not in blood. Farewell, Tartar woman. It's the same John Wayne every time. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's pretty much Bob Hope as well. He plays the same right. character he was in like everything. A, like a Sultan in one movie mm-hmm. or some other like movie. He was like you know a billionaire, and then another time he's like you know some homeless guy. But it's just yeah. Bob Hope being him. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, you know, it's obviously he he came upon a character that worked right. for him, and people yeah. were going to go pay yeah. to see it. Um, but and it's interesting too because like I said like some of these movies are not that great but I still like enjoy them and the thing is too is you know the humor especially mm-hmm, is so dated mm-hmm. so much of it that totally. I'm watching I'm like oh, this is not funny <laughs> but I still enjoy it just because yeah. like I enjoy his persona and that sort of thing and that's you know that's a big thing I always find it weird or like kind of funny in a way where like you'll watch guys like that and you're obviously like these guys are the greatest they're legends yeah and then you'll see him in a movie where they make a joke like you know that uses the word negro or something and yeah. you're like oh yeah, I mean, mm, some of these like, movies I have, like... There's always those little, like, punches now that yeah. you're like, oh, society says that's bad now. Yeah, now, I, yeah. now this legend is tainted in a way where, like, you want to go, like, yeah, but it was just back in the day, no big deal. Yeah, one of my favorite Bing Crosby movies uh, is one called Here Come the Waves. Here Come the Waves, starring Bing Crosby, Sonny Tufts, and two Betty Huttons. One a riotous red-headed wave who catches Sonny in a riptide... And the other, a blonde bombshell wave who brings down Bing with a radar kiss. And it's not, um, this is, like I said, you know, I'm getting kind of nerdy. It's not something the general public really knows about. <laughs> no, um, I'm pretty sure Kim Kardashian's talking about the same thing. Yeah, it's totally. You know, I mean, if I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I could see, you Oh, know, you're not uh, a huge up-to-date? No, uh, I can't say I'm not. I'm a little behind on that one. But, um... Anyway, it's, you know, uh, not super obscure, but it's a more obscure one that he did. Uh, However, it did win the Academy Award for Best Song that year. And it's a very famous song called Accentuate the Positive. Man, they said we better accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. No, do not mess with Mr. In-Between. And uh, before I saw this movie for the first time, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where Accentuate the Positive comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the movie, <laughs> and it's a blackface number. Nice. So I was like, huh, well, okay. That's, uh, you got an Oscar f- yeah. playing blackface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, awesome. uh, you know, that's, uh, that's one of a few movies I have on that shelf yeah. that includes some blackface, and it's always like, well, hey, do you think that back then if they had Twitter, the hashtag would still be Oscar so white? <laughs> or, no, I think they'd be that like... That is pretty white to yeah, do blackface. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting because I remember reading one time online, somebody was trying to pinpoint like when blackface kind of became not okay. Yes. And, yeah, uh, what, was, what was that day? It, so, <laughs> that guy's was, putting yeah, on the blackface. And it then... was like the early 50s when people were like, no. Just, 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 no, um, I would love to see that sketch of yeah the guy that goes in the work and he's always yes. done blackface and then that one day oh my everybody God. at work is just like dude Bill what the fuck to read the papers this morning can't do that anymore blackface oh my God that's a great cool idea uh, oh my God. <laughs> 
I love that idea. I this is something we need to hold on to and maybe yeah, do a skit about. Pretty edgy. Pretty edgy. <laughs> it's pretty edgy, but I mean, like, it does take the position of yeah. like this is not okay, yeah. and especially you know, in you know, you look at like you what's can going on throw a fifty yeah. spin, you know, like right. have them talk like, "Yo, she, you can't do that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now get on that twenty-two skidoo. Get out of here. <laughs> like to do and i don't know if you've uh, heard other shows but i like to take celebrity interviews mm-hmm. and put them into my own podcast <laughs> and i've taken another great celebrity interview and given it to you to improvise or to do what you will you okay. can ask answer each of these questions uh, however honestly or however you want you could get into uh, this person's character or whatever <laughs> okay you want but it comes from the character, and I, I'm talking like this person doesn't exist. This person really exists, and it's since I'm having a lovely lady on, I figured I would take an interview from the greatest lady of our generation, Kim Kardashian. Oh, of course. So, Kim K got interviewed in 2010 mm-hmm. by, believe it or not, Business Insider. Wow. She's a businesswoman. I guess so. And business... Insider, I mean, wanted to shit, know the- she's, she's made a lot of money doing nothing, so yeah. she's doing something right, you she's, know? She's a brand already. Yeah. But I am taking this interview from that, so without further ado, I give you Emily Champlin, Celebrity Interview. <laughs> All right, first question. You have a lot of Twitter followers. How has it changed your life since using it? So this is Kim Kardashian? You can do it however you want. <laughs> oh, God. No, I feel so put on the spot. Um, well, seeing as how I don't use Twitter, we'll just we'll just go with the, what what <laughs> I think might be ticking in case. So your mind. life hasn't changed as much. Yeah, no, it hasn't. Uh, you know, it just it just reaffirms all the attention that people give to me. Just you know, <laughs> it lets me know that um, I have value and a purpose on this life, and I you know in this life, and uh, it just lets me know that I'm such an inspirational figure to uh, especially a younger gen- generation. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, can you do it with a little vocal fry? <laughs> God, I'm trying Can to think, you like, sound more cunty? Uh, I don't know. She sounds kind of something like that. There that, we that's, go. That's, cool. that's the that's Kim K. Cool. Man, I was, it was there. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, how did she get on this podcast? Where's Kanye? <laughs> All right. Second question. Have you ever been paid to tweet something or to endorse a product on Twitter? All of my tweets are paid. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, she's got to have, like... Total endorsements and stuff, of course. Like everything that she does. I don't know. I don't check her her, her shit, but I'm sure they're all fucking paid. <laughs> <laughs> How is it running a business? Uh, you know, well, this is Business Insider, so clearly you take me uh, seriously as a businesswoman here, and it's a lot of work that I delegate to my 50 assistants. <laughs> you know, just because like I get so stressed out dealing with none of the business so um yeah you know it's just it's it's a lot of work instead of uh you know going i don't know instead of like going shopping seven days a week sometimes i can only do it six whoa yeah 
it's it's hard, but you sacrifice for what you love. Yeah, you're a true so, hero. Yeah. What are some of your challenges involving your family? Um, you know, it's hard because sometimes my sisters will think they're bigger attention horse, and clearly I'm the most famous Kardashian. And then my stepdad was all, I'm a woman now. And, you know, stop trying to steal the spotlight. Just those are the difficulties I have is everybody's just trying to get in my limelight. I mean, like, if it weren't for me, there would be no keeping up with the Kardashians. They're all just riding my coattails. Clearly. Totally. You're one of the biggest reality stars on TV. Damn straight. How do you make your life seem real and not scripted? Real life isn't scripted? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know like as long as i can remember which is only like five seconds ago there's always somebody shoving a script in my face i thought that just everybody woke up and somebody just handed them a script and it's like this is what you do and say today and it's like oh okay because if i didn't have that i i i, I don't know if i get out of bed in the morning because i wouldn't know what to do because there's a script telling me i get out of bed in the morning <laughs> so and if it said stay in bed all day i, I would stay in bed all day yeah you know <laughs> do you think you've reached your peak no. No? There's a lot of whoring to still do. <laughs> I still have feuds with Taylor Swift I need to get through. And, I mean, like, let me put it this way. I married Kanye because he's the male equivalent of how much of an attention whore I am. Yeah, you guys are you pretty know? much the same yeah. person, just with different, like, units. Exactly. And it's like, if I wanted to, you know, expand as a terrible person, <laughs> I needed to... <laughs> another terrible person in naturally you are such a genius when it comes to horrible people it's it's what i do best what is shoe dazzle (laughs) okay speaking as myself i have no fucking clue but you know what it sounds a lot like bedazzling but for shoes so that's gonna be my answer probably right just maybe i'm showing my age talking about bedazzling i think it's her shoe company i i, I figure something mm-hmm. like that but uh. <laughs> all right last question do you use any other apps besides twitter instagram because i can't take enough pictures of my butt there just aren't enough minutes in the day to take what do they call a belfie a butt selfie a belfie? <laughs> That's, i did not make up that term i heard it somewhere yeah <laughs> Oh, man, you did not coin the Belfie? I did not coin the Belfie, and it's a horrible <laughs> word, and I hate that I said it, but you know she's taking pictures of her ass all the time. That's and it's, true. It's ridiculous, because I see girls like that on Instagram and stuff, and I was actually at the gym a couple weeks ago, and I saw this girl like taking multiple pictures of her like butt in the mirror, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm sure you'll put that on Instagram and get a bunch of likes and everything, but I'm like, all right, I'm a chick, too. Hmm. I could not take a picture like that mm. i would look ridiculous <laughs> if i tried to and it's funny know, your butt's all right <laughs> i was well i was reenacting this for a friend i was like look i can't do this like it would mm. it would not look right if i did it and right. so i was like getting up there and like you know kind of showing like this is what she was doing and my friend was like laughing her ass off i'm like see it doesn't work and i'm like if it looks ridiculous when i do it it's not sexy or hot when you do it it's you're just not like, selling it yeah i guess not it's just <laughs> it's i don't know i just don't get it like i just because i was trying like not to stare because i was like i'm pretty sure i was making a face like it is weird how like women not just women i mean everybody they're not self-conscious you know Mm -hmm. like you or myself that would be like it's not about do i want to like am i 
unwilling to take a picture of my butt. No, I'll, I'm willing. Yeah. But not in front of like other people that are like clearly doing other things and going, is that guy taking a picture of his butt? Well, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, she took multiple pictures and, you know, she was posed for it and everything. And like she was there with like her boyfriend who was like working out on a nearby machine. She right. eventually gave him the phone because I guess she wasn't getting like the right angle well, or something. Not. So it's like, I, I'm glad that he supports her, you know, her Instagram <laughs> whore, whoring mm-hmm. there. Just like, well, like my butt. I was talking about this with Ramon last week and it was, it's social media is like our new food pellet for like mice, you know, it's that dopamine it's, it's that, Oh, I got 80 likes. So Mm -hmm. I must be, you know, I now get this rush of chemicals through my body Mm -hmm. and now you're just chasing that forever now. And, and it's like, uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not immune to it i'm like oh yeah. yeah i'm not the one that's doing this no i'm i'm fully oh yeah i mean doing like, it and but i'm realizing like oh yeah i'm i'm addicted to the like button <laughs> yeah i mean you know don't get me wrong if i post something on social media and i see it gets a bunch of likes like oh cool people like that especially you know, when it has to deal with comedy yeah or, or your craft or right. whatever you know but you know there are some people who like get so hung up on like oh my god this didn't get enough likes or my last picture got more likes than this whatever and if like that's what you're living towards then like you've got a hollow existence you're right. missing something in yeah. your life you know so but i do feel like you know i don't know if you've watched black mirror but, I have not, but I've heard it's very Yeah, good. there's an episode about this where, you know, it's kind of a, a, a creepy future of, like, where the likes take us, you yeah. know, and, and then people are now living and dying based on their rating, and, you know, you're yeah. literally getting, you know, better perks in life if you're mm-hmm. rated better and it's like now you're just creating this artificial person you know yeah. you're not being you yeah you're well, worried I mean, about that's... what other people are thinking and doing and, and yeah responding to you <laughs> and i mean that's social media in general too is you know people are trying to put their you know best face on yes. for social media yes. so you're not really seeing the full picture of everybody no it's so. always the look at how much fun or cool things i'm doing it's mm-hmm. never like oh at the job again yeah to kill myself Better post this first, though. (laughs) I remember one of my friends was telling me she was, I don't know, she was at like a bar or a party or something, and there was this girl who, you know, she was dressed to the nines, whatever, and she, uh, our friend was taking a picture of her. Mm and took about a hundred pictures of her from slightly different angles yeah. all in the same pose because you know she was doing it because she wanted the perfect one for social right, media right. and probably spent a good half an hour just getting this goddamn picture and it's like I feel so bad if that is like you know the most important thing of oh I need to get this picture I mean right. I understand it, the first one was blurry so let's right. get a little one that's clearer yeah but uh yeah a half hour yeah. and spending a whole SD card <laughs> yeah it's just I don't know but I mean everybody is like that now where like you know we're more about showing the moment yeah. instead of just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it'll ever go away now. Yeah. You know, it's well, never and I mean like it's, it's interesting too. Uh, have you ever been to Largo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have a policy there of like, turn your fucking phone off right, before the right. show starts. And their whole thing is like, experience the show. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you're, how much are you experiencing it? If you're holding up your fucking phone the entire time, right. whatever, because when you look back at it, like the video's never going to be as good as what you're actually experiencing. Yeah. You know, well, and plus with comedy too, it's like so much of that performance is in the moment yeah and it is like you know obviously comics don't want you sharing that moment Mm -hmm. because that's the little secret with comics is that moment is artificial yeah to the comic you know it might be a real moment for the audience which Mm -hmm. i hope it is but that comic is crafting that moment for every audience he sees Mm -hmm. for the next year right and it's going to be that same conversation give or take a few Mm -hmm. tweaks and here and there but that's the thing if it goes online that moment is now like sullied. Yeah. And people get to see like, oh, 
that was the same set that I saw last week. Yeah. And now it's online. And yeah. and I don't know. I'm maybe shooting myself in the foot doing it with my own comedy mm-hmm. on this podcast, but I feel like I'm such a new person mm-hmm. that I'm not there yet. I'm not like nobody's gonna, gonna pay the for these jokes, so why not put it out for free? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, well, I saw Pat Oswalt at Largo, and then I saw him the next month at Irvine Improv. So he was and, working out at Largo? Yeah, and then... yeah, he does. He has a residency at Largo, so he you know does like a monthly show there. And it was you know it was a lot of the same material, which I knew it would be. I mean, obviously, I'm a comedian, too. Like, I know how yeah. this goes. Um, but he, he is working material because he's going to be filming another special this summer. But it was interesting because while it was pretty much the same material – it was a different show yeah. in both scenarios because Largo, I felt, was a little more intimate um, because he knew the audience that saw him there were were more hardcore fans who have loved him for years, you know, were there because they're like, oh, I really like this guy. Whereas the Irvine Improv was more like, some of these people may just know me from the King of Queens. Yeah. You know? So yeah. he changed his performance and his mm. delivery to adapt. Like, at Largo, I felt like he was a little bit more emotional and more raw and stuff, especially because, you know... Because it was his fans. Yeah, it was his fans, and he was just like, look, I can I can be real with you, whatever. It was... But that also, to me, made it a little bit funnier. Yeah. Because, you know, he kind of, like, let you in on, like, here's how I really feel about this kind of stuff. He was more vulnerable. And then, yeah. And then, you know, he'd hit you with the jokes and everything, and, you know... Yeah, it just it had more weight to it, and I don't know. I like that. Um, it was still great at Irvine Improv. Don't get me oh, wrong, of but I mean, Patton, he's great. Yeah, I've seen him two or three times. Yep, and they've all been great. Yeah, you know, and obviously his other specials on. It's, he's just a great guy. He's yeah. one of those dudes that you're out of it. As a, a a person that's trying to do it, he's he's one of those people that you're like, yep. I wish I was that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I wish no, I was doing what he was doing. Yeah, definitely. He's probably my favorite comedian. Yeah, and um. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to see him again later this month, so... (laughs) Three months in a row! (laughs) That's so funny, too, like bringing it back to like ourselves like yeah. you know i'll admit on this podcast there's not a lot of uh cl- you know skeletons in my closet yeah. you know i'm not secretly uh raping little boys or forcing women to have sex <laughs> with me i mean at least my girlfriend yeah. but <laughs> nobody else right and like yeah i might like have crazy stories where mm-hmm. like you know i i did things that you would probably technically say it was illegal yeah but for the Everybody most part, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say now, uh, looking back, it would be kids being kids. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, you know, am I going to now be like, you know, oh, he's a famous comic, but he did, you know, he threw right. dog shit on that one car back one in the day, <laughs> you know? like Yeah. I mean, like, even with me, too, I, I mean, I don't have skeletons in my closet either. And I mean, yeah, you know that I was in Police Academy for a yep. while. And yep. that's a whole big thing is if you have a skeleton, they will find it before they hire hmm. you. You know, the worst things I had, because you have to tell them everything and they're going to go and verify this with like 20 30 like people that you know in your like life. what do they want to know uh basically well i'll kind of give you a rundown of what the whole process is mm. uh basically you apply online and so long as you say you're not a felon they're pretty much like okay well then you can come <laughs> and test with us so they and don't so, check your background not then. initially no um 
But then, you know, the first step is a written test, and if mm-hmm. you pass that, then you do a physical test. And the written test and is, like, just, it's, like, questions well, it's, you would see on an SAT? or Kind of, yeah. It varies from uh, department to department. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tested with a few different departments, and, um, you know, some ask different uh, things. Um, I'm trying to remember. The... How personal does it get? Well, the written test doesn't get personal. It's all it, – most of it are, like, a lot of, like, English-related questions and stuff, like mm-hmm. writing and reading and comprehension. Right. That's a lot of what it is. Uh, math is not a huge portion of it. Clearly, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never thought as a, a cop as a math whiz. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but, you know, you need to do a lot of report writing and of make course. sure you're communicating clearly. So that's the majority of what they're testing mm. you on. Uh, one of the tests I took did have a map reading portion, right. which I am directionally challenged, so that was the hardest for me. Because they'd give you a little map and be like, okay, so you need to get to this intersection. This is a one-way street. This is a one-way street. What's the right. best way to get there? You know, um, I feel like there's a sexist stereotype I should be talking about right now. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Right? I am, yeah, I am terrible with directions. Uh, so you'll give into that stereotype? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially, Women. too, because, like, my dad is the kind of a guy that uh, – you know, he knows where he's going yeah. and stuff, but, you know, if if I needed to go somewhere, he would give me directions, and I'd just be like, that is right, right. over my head, because he would also try and give me, like, five different ways to get there, and I'm right. like, just, just no, I'm going to map quest this, I'm going to, you know, get out Google Maps, like, something on my, like, thank God for GPSs, like, Well, I, I always felt like, you know, maybe in Kansas it would be harder, Yeah, but, you know, I always felt like, at least in SoCal, it's pretty easy to figure out, like, oh, south, yeah. west, wherever the ocean is. That's where yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah, the the freeways are pretty. Oh, easy you're driving to towards the here. ocean. Yeah, you can only be going one way, bro. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, with the um, with you know the police test and everything. Yeah, you do. Then you do the physical test, mm-hmm. and then from there you do an interview. Right. Um. Sometimes I don't remember any of this in Police Academy. <laughs> any of the movies. Yeah, they they skipped over a lot. Yeah. Um, they were just in the uniform suddenly. Like. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love is you know like the main guy Mahoney. They're just like, do you want to go to jail? No. Well, then you're going to be a cop yes, instead. Yes. That would never happen. And oh, so many, uh, you know, so many soldiers were like that too. Yeah. You know. Like, you can either go to jail or you can go to war. Yeah, yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, that's not what society is these days. But, no. uh, but yeah, you know, you got to pass an interview, and then sometimes there's a second interview. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you go on to the background portion. And that's when right. they give you, like, a 30-page packet of, like, you detail everything you've ever done in your life. Like, every place you've lived for, usually I think it's, like, the past 10, 15 years, all of your roommates, all of your immediate family members, you know, if you have a spouse, if you have, you know, an ex-spouse. I'm going to be um, honest. I don't think I could list all the, like, houses I've lived in. Yeah. Not that I've, like, been some huge nomad. I just don't remember, like, my childhood address. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> I, I remember said, I it was in a... Riverside, you know, it, the yeah. city. I don't know the exact address. Yeah. I I, yeah, I want to say it was, like, 15 years I had to go back. Wow. And, um, I mean, I was able to dig up every single dorm room I lived in. And what in. do you think? I mean, you don't have to say it, but <laughs> what was, like, the worst thing you put on it? Like, what was, the, the, like, oh, the no, no, seediest actually... thing you've done? Yeah, no, um, because... Yeah, to detail kind of like what I they're asking. I guess they didn't say stuff. like "fuck, get the hell out of here." Right? Like, I mean, they ask you like pretty much like every crime. Have you done this? Like every single drug mm-hmm. you can think of, things like that. The worst things I've done, I admitted <laughs> to getting behind the wheel of a car after having a few drinks in oh. a bar. Um, which I mean, I don't even really drink these days, right. you know, uh, and even then I was never a big drinker and I would, most people have done something like that. Right. So it wasn't a big deal to that. I, I mean, um, yeah, I was going to say, whoa, rebel. Yeah. yeah right there. <laughs> I and... had two wine spritzers <laughs> and drove a half a mile. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then just, I've smoked marijuana. 
Mm, you know, that's mm. it. Like, that's the only drug I've ever done. It's been years since I've done it, too. Yeah, you seem um, like a hippie. I know, totally. And and honestly, the first time I did it, I was 21 as well. Mm. Like, I wasn't, like, doing it in I think you're supposed to. You know, you know, when you t- turn 21, mm-hmm. you know, a, a joint just shows up at your door. <laughs> and you must smoke it. But, um, but yeah, those were, you know, that's, that's really all I had. I'm trying to think. Uh, and they were still like, yeah, sure, whatever. No Pretty problem. much, yeah. You know, it really like, wasn't. We had a guy that fucked a donkey come in. Like, yeah, and we for... still hired him. Yeah, so who cares? <laughs> and you know, but I mean, it's hard even still saying like, yeah, I've smoked weed on there before. You it know, is like, a little is... like you're telling a cop I did something wrong. Right. Like, are they gonna just be like, and ha ha, this was all a trick? Well, We're gonna arrest the you thing now. <laughs> is is that it looks even more suspicious if you say you've never done anything? Of course, because nobody's a boy scout. So now they're like, yep, it's impossible for you to never have broken the law. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, one of my, my in essence telling you most of these laws are bullshit. Yeah, my <laughs> best friend from academy, the department I ultimately got hired with, uh, they only polygraphed if they felt they needed to. Right, you know, if there was like this is kind of weird, we want to verify that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mostly like a cost thing; it costs a lot to of do course. that. Whatever, it's so just my, like drug testing or any type yeah. of like you know prereqs before hire. Right, it costs um, money. But other departments will do it on everybody. Anyway, sure. so this department. Um, they with my friend uh he said he had never done any drugs whatsoever and he's a younger guy he's you know still like in his early 20s and everything and when he was joining <laughs> not even aspirin he, well yeah no when he was joining <laughs> he went directly out of high school and into the military where right. he was an mp sure. and uh basically as soon as he went into like uh, after he did his four years he's still in the reserves um you know he decided to become a police officer mm-hmm. and Just a so pee. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess his investigator was like, you know, he said he's never done any drugs or anything. His, his investigator's like, bullshit. You're a young guy from South Orange County. You can't expect me to believe right. you've never <laughs> smoked weed before. You're getting polygraphed. And he, he passed. Everybody in Orange had. County smokes yeah, weed. Yeah, pretty much, you know. Um, I'll admit I did too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah it's so it's really interesting but uh but yeah no they ask you you know it, to detail everything you've done totally. and uh you know they want you to put down you know contact information for old roommates and mm-hmm. landlords and uh your previous employers and if you have you know work reviews to submit Man, those if some of so. my roommates ever became cops i am wait i'm so waiting for that phone call <laughs> i want that phone call that guy's becoming a cop yeah. holy shit let me tell you some stories yeah. about this douche <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then they spend a couple of months digging through everything that you say there. If it all checks out, then, you know, they, they hand you a badge. Well, not quite. Then they need to submit your background packet for hiring approval, you Mm -hmm. know, to the higher ups. And if they say, okay, we want them, then they'll say, okay, you know, you're in. So, and then this just, and then that didn't happen. No, it did. I was hired. Um, yeah, I was hired by a department. Um, I just, not that, not for any weird reasons i just don't want to say like I, i'll tell you who i was with i just don't necessarily want it on the record for the podcast cause, oh yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. but uh yeah you they, don't have to give out the precinct or yeah no i mean and i have no ill will towards them i have nothing bad to say about them but it's more just like you know i don't know if they want their name attached to certain things <laughs> well i'm cl- they're clearly <laughs> you know? listening they're yeah clear, exactly clear. they totally are they're, um, they were fans before you came on yeah <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god emily's on mm-hmm. um 
but uh, they... Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I, yeah. I knew you went to the police academy, but yeah. I didn't know how far it went. Obviously, yeah. I knew, like, well, she's not a cop. Right. So. Well, no, typically what happens is you get hired by uh, a department, and then they sponsor you through academy. So they're, oh. well, they're paying you, and they're paying your way through. I thought you, like, go through academy... And then get hired. Yeah. There are people who do that. They're called self-sponsored recruits, and mm. they're paying their own way through. Um, but there are usually only a couple of them in each academy class. I see. Um, and that's also something I found is kind of unique to Southern California is a lot of other academies in other states don't allow that. Like, if you're an academy, you've been hired by somewhere else. Oh. Um, but uh, the academy that I went through is one of the hardest in the country. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they uh and so that's why some people want to do that is because they're like if i can make it through this academy i'm going to be really marketable to a lot of departments because right. like, holy shit you went there you know okay we'll take you and how long um, was the all this academy uh academy itself if you were to make it all the way through which i did not mm-hmm. um is about six months Whoa. um now the whole hiring process for me took about five to six months which is pretty fast for that process right it usually takes anywhere from six months to a year um but the department I was with needed a lot of people, especially females. Right. So I think they were like, oh, shoot, you know, you're, you've got a pretty clean background. you got a college degree. Mm-hmm. Only you know? smoke pot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they were like, all right, cool. We'll throw you through. But yep. I mean, even before Academy starts, there's a lot of training and just, you know, technically unofficial stuff you go through. So and you start doing that while you're still in the process because you need to be ready because, right. you know, if your number comes up, they keep like, boom, you're in Academy, you know, a couple weeks <laughs> from now. And it's not something you can just go into cold. Right. Yeah. That so, does seem like it'd be like a very big adjustment. All, all. It really is. I mean, and especially, is it like a where you're on the barracks just sleeping? Uh, and like, you, or is it like no college where you can you're just taking classes and then you're, it's um it's it's not a live in thing. Um, I thought it was the, like boot camp. I mean, it is in boot camp other like boot camp other than you don't live there. Mm. Um, the only I believe the only academy in the state of California that is a leave in academy is uh, CHP. Right. Um, that's up in Sacramento. It doesn't matter where you're going to be a chippy. You're going to have to go through the Sacramento. Right, academy. right, right, right. Um, Man, those movies told us nothing about yeah. this. <laughs> uh, and typically in a lot of other states, that how it is, that's how it is too, is most of the live-in academies are the state police academies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but no, what it really is, is it is a boot camp situation in that like there's so much protocol. Every single thing you do you you know, is mapped out to the letter of like you need to say commands exactly right. You need to walk down the hallway a certain way. Yeah. You know, you can't look the officers in the eye. Oh, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, and when do you get your nickname? What do you mean? <laughs> like, just, <laughs> don't you get a cool nickname? Everybody uh, has a cool nickname. Yeah, everybody just goes by their last name. Uh, you know, so I'd be like the third Williams. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too because, like, you know, all I want to be like other... you know, like like Top Dog or like yeah, there <laughs> you know, <laughs> I spent all you know so much time with all these other recruits and stuff, and I, I'd known them for months, and it, it would get to a point I was like, "What's your first name again?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just know your last name. Yeah, um, and and I would assume everybody would call you Chaplin. Uh, no, they knew it was Champlin. Yeah, they, they knew that. And was, I got a lot of, like, Champ or Champs, which uh, right. that was my nickname in college, too, mm. is everybody called me Champ. Uh, and funny enough, I actually had some friends in college who were like, yeah, I knew you for a couple of months before I learned your first name was Emily. <laughs> <laughs> that was all derived from the fact that uh, I joined a sorority my freshman year of college. Wow, and when I joined, you do not sound like a sorority. I have my paddle on the wall right there. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, but when I joined, we had seven Emilys. Seven of us. That sounds 
sounds like yeah. a sorority. Yeah. I mean, we had like over 100 members, but because of that, none of us went by Emily. So, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, if I were to write a movie about a sorority and say, okay, it's going to have seven Emilies, yeah. the, the producer would be like, dude, that's like, <laughs> that's too hacky. Like, yeah. That's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah. But no, you're like, that's real life. No, that, that was is real. real life. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because. Uh, the... Was there one Emily? Was there one bitch that was like, fuck you all, I'm going by Emily? No, not really. Um,. Yeah, pretty much all of us either went by our last name or something derived from mm. our last name. Mm. And it's funny, too, because uh, when you're in a sorority or a fraternity, you have your big or your little. In our in my sorority, we called them uh, sister mothers and sister daughters. So mine Weird. was also named Emily. <laughs> Not only that, she was an Emily C. So on my paddle right there, it says, to my sister mother, Emily, from your sister daughter, Emily. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty nerdy yeah this is, this is definitely like sweet valley home nerdy stuff <laughs> well it's kind of funny too because when i was in college you know i would meet people and they would find out i'm in a sorority and they'd be like wait like what <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah did you go to like cotillions and stuff and like different like you know mixers and uh i was i was more involved like my freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. um and then my junior and senior year i was a theater major as well and i wow. kind of realized that um you were all over the place yeah, i was uh I realized that, you know, if I wanted to start doing more in theater and everything, like mm-hmm. I just didn't have the time to devote to my sorority. So I really wasn't that involved my, you mm-hmm. know, upperclassmen years there. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, my freshman and sophomore year, I would go to mixers and things like that. And, you know, different... yeah, wasn't there like a, a fraternity that's like your, you know, counterpart or something? Uh, not really. That's um, yeah, that's that's not really a thing anymore. I think you know back in another the day, it thing was, movies lied to me yeah, about. Yeah, especially too because like you'll see in movies, uh, fraternities have like little sisters and stuff that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. existed once upon a time, but um, I'm just gonna let you kind of guess why it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> you know? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much like almost all of those programs have gone away, at least on the national level. Sure. You know, there are certain like local fraternities and sororities that still have that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. any national organization does not have that. Crazy. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I was never like I went to a Cal State school. Yep. And uh it was just, you know, a commuter school. You know, yep. it wasn't like a lot of people were uh living on campus. There mm-hmm. were a few dorms, but I wouldn't say it was like the majority of students. Right. And it was definitely not, you know, very Greek based either. Yep. There were a few sororities, maybe mm-hmm. four, if that. Yeah. But it was definitely not something I was like, Oh, I gotta do this. Nope. I was like I got to get to school. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be yeah. here as little as possible. Right, right. Not saying I hate the school or I had no pride in it. Yeah. It was just, yeah, I had a. Well, it's just, yeah, the culture of the campus. And I had a full time job and I was, yeah. you know, paying rent. Like, I had the yeah. other obligations trying yeah. to go to school to better myself, not just like. And I did it later in life, too. I started when I was like 26. Oh, okay, yeah. So I should have graduated when I was 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, like, when I went away to school, I never in a million years would have thought I was going to join a sorority. But mm. uh, the school I went to, Greek life was pretty big. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just looking to, like, expand my social circle, and that's ultimately right. why I did it. That and I watched Animal House far too many times as a child. <laughs> far too many times. And let me tell you, it is not like that. You didn't have regard. any toga parties? I did. Yeah, yeah. I went to some toga parties. Sweet. Um, See, well, that one's They dope. were not as cool as the one in Animal House, no, though. No not burritos. nearly as cool. <laughs> this is getting into, like, why I'm in 
mm. my whole background. Uh, I grew up on stuff like that. Like, yeah. I was probably like three the first time I saw Animal House. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how young. <laughs> and Clearly um, parents that are had, uh, you know, very cool boundaries. Uh, they knew. It's, yeah, it's kind of interesting because like my parents are normal people, you know, right. like, you know, they were normal suburban parents. Uh, you know, I had a good upbringing and everything, but they were relatively lax about what we watched. Um, I think back then a lot mm-hmm. of people were, you know, I never yeah. knew my, my parents weren't like, uh, what's that rated again? Well, also <laughs> too, I mean, like you look at the stuff that's coming out today versus like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what was around then. And like, yeah, there was some risque stuff, but it's, it really has gotten more risque. Of over course. Time, you know? And now with the internet, where right, you can exactly. literally have find anything <laughs> yeah and so i think were i a kid be you know if i were a kid growing up right now my parents might be a little bit more mm. like okay what are you watching no right. this is not okay but um yeah no i grew up on old snl like things yeah. like animal house caddyshack you know things like that like i you know i can't even tell you i remember my yeah stepdad would have like old comedy albums of like george carlin yeah and you know richard Pryor, steve martin and mm-hmm. yeah they were filthy yeah you know especially the richard Pryor ones they were dropping yeah. f-bombs and everything and under the sun and yeah it's, it was the same age <laughs> yeah it's you know but he would be like you know oh yeah you could never say this yeah but this exactly. is yeah. art that we're listening to. right you know and i knew that as a kid like okay i know those are bad words i know i can't say that mm-hmm. and you know but i also mm-hmm. wasn't going to be like scarred by a lot of this right. stuff um they've but- done studies i've read uh online Obviously, mm. so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> but if it's online, it's yeah, true. It, of course it is. You know? This isn't fake news. Right. <laughs> this is real news. But yeah, they've said, you know, that cursing isn't as damaging as yeah. like people thought. You know, it's not like uh, if he learns a few bad words, mm-hmm. suddenly uh, this person is going to become a rapist, a right. pedophile or whatever. You yeah. know, it's almost like being an adult, like you get to use these words because you know when to use these right. words. Yeah. So as a kid, you learn, oh. I can't say that. Yeah. I got to say it around my buddies when yeah, nobody's around. Exactly, like exactly. Which is so weird in itself to have like ideas of like, we can talk about any subject. Just make sure you don't say that word right. in front of your grandma. Yeah. But you can talk about shit. Just don't call it shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no. So I was exposed to a lot of that stuff at an early age. Uh, one of my early memories, um, like, cause my parents really, watched a lot of uh like the old snl stuff when i was really young like the 70s stuff which they only showed that on tv original cast yeah the original cast uh they only showed it on tv up until i was a certain age and then like i don't know maybe like seven or eight and then they it just wasn't on tv for a long time um but i remembered watching all that older stuff too and i actually remember one time when i was like probably in preschool or something and uh you know i finished watching my pbs shows like you know (laughs) barney and lamb chop whatever they were done for the day and then what was his face the the frugal who's my arch nemesis, came on afterward. And welcome again to my kitchen. Today we're continuing our discovery of American foods that are really American, and today I want to do breakfast for you. Calm down, I know you know all about breakfast, but I'm not talking about pancakes and waffles. I'm talking about breakfast that would have been eaten in the colonies, or perhaps uh, breakfast from down south, or maybe some other portion of the country you've never even been in. So let's talk about American breakfast. He was this chef, whatever, and you yep. come on and be like, ah, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I remember I was like, all right, okay, like all these shows are done. I'm gonna flip around, whatever, find something on TV. And it's the middle of the day, nothing's on. Right. And uh, I remembered seeing SNL was on and stopping and watching that. And I In remember the, the skit that was on. Yeah. I remember the skit that was on, which um 
I actually have the first few seasons on DVD right now, yeah. and I now know is from like the third episode from when Candace Bergen hosted. It was awesome. a skit with her and Gilda Radner, and I remember as a kid sitting down and watching this and still laughing at it. I didn't even know what the show was. I just knew that's the show mom and dad like, <laughs> you know. Um, but. I yeah. think I remember that skit and Candace Bergen breaks. Yes. Yes. And she's totally just yeah. Uh I forget the name of it, but I do remember it's it's basically like Gilda Radner where she's getting all these like, you know, common phrases wrong. Like mm-hmm. she goes, I'm so thirsty, I could drink a horse. And it's just and it's so great because she keeps going on and Candace Bergen just loses her shit. Not to the and point where she's trying to hide it. She's like, I just can't. I can't I think right it now. Is. I remember seeing it on like one of the best dubs yes. where there was Gilda Radner calls Candace Bergen her wrong character name yeah. and then she's just like yeah. I'm not that but I'm still going. Yeah. Hi, Fern. I'm home. Oh, hi. You're just in time. I made some cookies and here's some milk. Oh, great. I'm so thirsty I could drink a horse. <laughs> Boy, are you stupid. It's eat a horse. I could eat a horse. Well, you do whatever you want, Fern. I'm still thirsty. Well, here, have some milk. Oh, thanks. Gee. <laughs> This milk isn't too good. I'm still thirsty. Well, that's because you poured it in your purse, you see. Oh! You're not too bright, are you, Fern? I mean, whatever your name was. Lisa! As a matter of fact, you're extremely stupid. Well, you're right, Fern, you know, and I'm proud of it. You know, we all can't be brainy like Fern here. There's those few characters, especially on SNL, that always got that pass. Like, yeah. that guy, like Jimmy Fallon, and uh, okay. a few others can break, and it was almost adorable. Like, ah, It was not breaking. adorable when Jimmy Fallon did it. <laughs> okay. You were just, not the fan? I don't mind him now. Right. I don't. As a host. I hated him yeah. on SNL. Wow. Hated Hate's him. It's a strong word. I mean, to be fair, he did do some stuff on SNL. I'm like, of okay, course. that was pretty good. Like, you know, I would admit, I'm like, yeah, he's got a few good some characters. Of his he's songs, had some good yeah. skits. Yeah. But I was not a fan on SNL. <laughs> and mostly because, like, he would break all the time. And it's funny sometimes, yes. but he would do it at stuff that's like, Wait, what is, just yes. hold it together. You got to learn how to like hold your shit together. Like, not every you know? skit, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, just, a, um, just every now and then when it's absolutely, right. you know, when it's Will Ferrell doing Cowbell, that's, yeah, you I can get break. that. Like, okay. Yeah. But you, you don't know. have to break when it's just uh, Chris Kattan doing Mango again. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, this is like the 50th Mango sketch. We get it. Yeah. You know? Well, it was funny um, the first time. He eats the apple weird. Got right, it. right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're it's it's appropriate in certain. Oh, that wasn't Mango. I was thinking. Oh, that was Mr. Mr. Peepers. <laughs> yeah, Mr. No, Peepers. I got my stupid Chris Kattan characters yeah. mixed up. <laughs> mango, but. at least, was yeah. Mango. <laughs> you can't have the mango. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, nah, I would. Of course, I would think. Even as, as me want loving to do stand up, mm-hmm. that is something I would also love to do as yep. well. You know, be that guy that can do improv and have characters and do these things that are outside of like necessarily just being a stand-up like that seems so fun yeah and i mean like that's ultimately what i would like to do too and everything and you know my background is uh 
I did improv for several years at the Second yeah. City in Chicago. Um, I did that when I was in high school, so I went through like their their teen program, and that's like one um, of the best ones. Yeah, well, and, and like the original. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like that's. That, I mean, to me, it was you know such a huge deal because it's a second city, and that's really like the training grounds for SNL anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I first wanted to sign up for it, you know, I was like telling some like my family members and stuff like, "Well, okay, you got to go," because I was living in the suburbs. Like, "We well, got to right. go to Chicago for that. Why don't you just find something around here?" I'm like, "Because it's the second city. Yeah, it's, like uh, duh. I don't want Joe Schmo's improv <laughs> class. You know, like it's like go mm-hmm. big or go home. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, because of that, I was like, okay, I love performing and everything. And uh, I went to college undeclared, but declared myself a theater major. Right. You know, my first semester. And, um, you know, I did a lot of theater and everything, and that became my focus. And for a while there, I thought I wanted to be a legitimate thespian. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, after a while, was after college, I was like, no. <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah, what happened? Well, what happened is, you know, I went through college, whatever, came home after graduating, and um, I graduated at a crappy time for jobs. I graduated in 2009. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I got student loans. I got to pay these off. Sure. And, you know, I wanted to do the acting thing, but let me get a job first. Let me get some money. So oh, it took me a while to find a job. Mm-hmm. And when I did, I was like, okay, you know, let's get my feet wet again. I'll do some like local productions and stuff. And I did a few plays. Uh, the first one I did outside of college, I had a great time doing. And then I didn't do another one for like another year. What were and, the plays? Uh, I did a stage version of MASH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a musical? No, it's not. <laughs> you weren't it's singing not. like Suicide is Painless? No. <laughs> uh, and then um, I did a Shakespeare in the Park thing. Uh, I did The Taming of the Shrew, which nice. is also another show I did in college as well. You were um, the uh, Elizabeth Taylor role? No, I was not. I actually played her mother. Oh, cool. Uh, which uh, in the, the script is actually shrew. her father. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did another play called Fuddy Mirrors. Um, hmm. and that's a comedy, and then... I didn't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and then... You, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, what was the other one I did? The Desk Set. That was another one. Uh, so I think those are the only ones I did. But, and some of them were good experiences. Some were not. Um, like, just because the cast didn't vibe? Or you know, you just... for, for several different reasons, and I don't really want to single anybody out there, any <laughs> any one particular show. Yeah, they're listening, they, of course. Yeah, they might listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... <clears throat> You know, like I said, like the first one I did when I did Mash, I had a great time doing that mm-hmm. one. But then, you know, subsequent. <laughs> Who were you? Like Trapper? Or... No, I was one of the nurses. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'm I'm a female. You were Hawkeye. Noticed? Oh, you were uh, hot lips. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could see you definitely as a hot lips. You know, yeah. dye the hair blonde. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it was one of those things where you know, I the, like the next show I did. Just it, there was a, there were a lot of issues I had mm-hmm. with it. You know, just some of the other cast members I didn't get along with. Some I got along with. Sure. You know, just uh, some of like the directing and just a lot of the circumstances around it. Like it was just not a good experience. And so then I was like, okay, let me do another show because this one eh, wasn't so great. So the next one I did, a lot of those issues were, were not issues anymore. It was it was a much smoother experience. I got along with everybody. We didn't really have any major road bumps or hiccups right. or anything. But my heart wasn't in it. Mm. That was it, it. Was it literally got to the point where, like, when we were actually doing the shows, in my brain, I'm like, okay, when I do this, I've got one last show to do. Oh, you were like, counting down the days. Yeah, to be I was over. counting down the scenes. I'd be like, mm. cool. I've only got like five more scenes left in this show. Like, it was just. I'm like, this is not the mentality you no. should have if this is what you want to do. It should be like this. Only five more scenes. Yeah, oh my God. and. Uh, you know, it, I still did another show after that, and that one was a little bit better. I was a little more into that. And these were all the same companies, um, just different Not necessarily. Uh, different companies. I did work with a lot of the same people across mm. things, you know, just because the theater community, you know, you right. work with a lot of people. Um, 
but yeah, I was just like, okay, my heart's not in this. And then, um, maybe that's a play in itself, <laughs> but you know, and so I was like, okay, I don't really know what I want to do, but it's not this. And then ultimately I got a job out here. And then mm. as soon as I moved out here, I started the process. And what for made Police you decide Academy. to move out here? Uh, I have always wanted to live out in Southern well, California. My uh, life. Yeah. Who wouldn't yeah. want to live here? And, uh, I lived for, uh, lived at home for, uh, about five years after graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was working full time, but I wasn't making enough money to live on my own. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I was pretty miserable living at home. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not a knock on my family. Like, you know, I have a good relationship with my family and everything. But, but it's living with your family. Well, it is. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm a college graduate. I've got a full-time yeah. salary job. But yeah, it's paying me pennies. But whatever. You know, I, I'm an adult now and I'm not living like an adult. Right. You know, and I think on my parents' Which side is like too. everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but that this is the generation where it's like, yes, chances are you're not going to be living better than your parents. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, I think my parents, uh, while they were definitely supportive and everything, don't get me wrong, I think they were kind of like, all right, we'd like to see her move on and get right. out. Like, I think, uh, like like I said, I don't have a bad relationship with them, but it definitely caused tension because I think they were like, clearly, okay, like, yeah, we understand your situation. It's not like we're trying to kick you out or anything, but... <sighs> You're just yeah. here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I have not had sex with your mother <laughs> in five years. Well, it's funny enough because my parents just officially for the first time had sex <laughs> the first time in you know ever since having kids are now empty nesters yeah they uh my brother is the oldest he'll be 32 in may so in almost 32 years of having oh. children this is their first time that they've not had a single one of us at home and now they're so. probably thinking like why did we kick them out yeah yeah well it's like i ask my mom sometimes i'm like is, how's it going she's like it's kind of weird. Your dad's the only one here. Yeah. Your dad and the dogs. <laughs> now are they thinking about like what are they going to do now that they don't have to worry about uh, anybody? Like yeah, you, you know, know downsizing or going on the uh, you know world cruise. <laughs> you know, I mean, my dad's still working. My mom works part time too. So, uh, and they the house they're they're in. They've only been in it for a few years. They they own mm. the house, so I don't think they're looking to move anytime soon. Right. But I think they are kind of thinking like, okay, you know, now that now that we're officially on our own, like hopefully we don't have a boomerang child or something. <laughs> but um, but so, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the invitation is not open. Right. Yeah. You're like, uh, Mom, I was thinking about... You can't come home! Yeah. Well, it's, you know, people ask me, too, like, oh, would, would you ever want to move back to Chicago? Fuck no. Right. Like, I, I, I fought so hard to get out here. Mm. And um, I actually... Uh, I was reading something online. It was, like, you know, some questionnaire somebody to post it on, like, social media or something. I was just, like, looking at the questions. And one of the things the person got asked was, like, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you want to be? And I right. thought about that. I'm like, where would I want to be? And I was like, you know what? I spent my entire life as a kid wanting to live on my own in Southern California. You know where I am right now? I'm in my own apartment in Southern California Mm -hmm. supporting myself. I'm exactly where I want to be. Yeah, living the dream. And how many people can really say that? Not many. No, not many. So I'm just like, don't get me wrong. My life is far from perfect. I've got a lot Hmm. of, you know, stuff I'm still dealing with too. But overall, I'm pretty content and, you know, it's, yeah. I'm envious. I mean, obviously, uh, you know. Not saying that I don't like my life now, but it is like, you know, the idea of like, you know, independence is a big, uh, you know, liberator. (laughs) And it is nice. I I mean, I got kicked out. Well, asked to leave (laughs) (laughs) when I was 18. And I was it was definitely like a lot of 
shitty jobs and yep. struggling and trying to make ends meet and living with like five other dudes. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, at the time I told myself like, this is it. This is living. Yeah. yeah on my own. Woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, mom. I'll eat mac and cheese <laughs> on my bed and not clean it up. Who cares? Yeah. But then now, you know, obviously would I have liked to stayed in the house longer and like go to college and not have to worry about student loans and all this other stuff. Like, yeah. And then move out later. Hell yeah. Yeah. But you got to definitely do it how you do it. But mm-hmm. once you're out on your own, it's like you never want to go back. Now, right. yeah. you know, once once I was out and especially after 21 or whatever, mm-hmm. I was never like, oh, I wish I could go back to my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's But I mean, like I, you know, I was just home for, for Christmas and, um, you know, I've gone back for Christmas like every, every year since I've been out here. Um and you and guys, first... like, obviously live in the, like, Home Alone house? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh <laughs> or my Ferris God. Bueller's house? No, or... <laughs> no, no. Those are some nice-ass houses, too. That's what Jesus I'm picturing Christ. in Chicago. Yeah. Um, Any but... John Hughes movie, <laughs> yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, you know, like, the first year I was out here, because I, like, moved out here in August of, like, 2014, mm-hmm. so Christmas was only a few months later. Right. You know, by the time I went home, I still hadn't, like, settled in and stuff, so I was like, oh, okay, cool, I'm seeing all these people again. And then the following year, uh, I was unemployed for a few months after, you know, the whole cop thing didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, during that time of unemployment, I got a little bored and stuff. So I was like, I need a break. I need to go home, whatever. So it was it was nice going home and stuff. Right. But then this past year, I went home. And it was the longest time I've been home since living out here. I was home for 10 days. And I was like, you know what? Sure, I miss these people and everything. But I never want to move back. <laughs> just I was just like, no. I kind of can't wait to get back. And so. were you doing comedy at that point? Yes. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and it was. Did you get a chance to do any mics out there? No, I didn't. I was pretty busy when I was out there. Mm. It was just you know a lot of you know family stuff and you know going to different you know parties and things yeah. like that. So it was just it was really hard to fit in. Um, That's my always but... like thought now. Every time where I go somewhere, like yeah. anytime where there is travel involved, I'm always thinking now like, is there a mic around there? Yeah. Is, oh, no, I, I thought about it. In? What day is that on? Yeah. No, I thought about it too, and I did look for like mics in the area. I just didn't really have an opportunity yeah. to get to one. I'm always curious um, to try to get in other audiences. Like, yeah. Maybe I'm huge in Texas, and I just don't right, know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I need to find my people. Yeah. Because um, maybe they're not in Orange County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had started at that point, and it was kind of funny too, because when I first decided I was mm. going to do this, um, I mean, just kind of going back to like, you know, being a comedy nerd my entire life. Uh, I obviously I grew up admiring like a lot of the SNL people, and that's why I did Second City and all that kind of right. stuff. So, but I had never really thought about doing stand up. And don't get me wrong, I'd been watching stand up ever since I was a kid. Sure. Like, uh, you know, I grew up also watching stand up on Comedy Central and stuff. And a lot of like the really big name comedians right now, I remember watching, you know, like their first half hour comedy special from 97 yeah. back when it first aired, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just crazy. Like, you know, I look at people like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I loved Jim Gaffigan. Of course. I didn't even Who know doesn't? his name. Yeah. You know, at the time, I was like, that guy. It's Hot Pocket. Well, man. but before he was the Hot Pockets guy, right. he, to me, he was the man guy because he had mm. this joke about manatees that I thought was hilarious. Mm. My favorite animal is the manatee, the sea cow. The manatee is endangered with extinction and I think it's because it's out of shape. It looks like a retired football player. You see the manatee on the Discovery Channel? It's always floating around like, I'm bloated. Too much pizza for me. The manatee is also called the sea cow. Sea cow, that sounds like an insult. 
It's almost as if the manatee was introduced to the ocean, the other animals were like, Who's the new guy? The manatee was like, Oh, hi, everyone. You can call me the manatee. Yeah, right, sea cow. Name's Manatee. Sea cow fat. Tubby. Quit it. You know, and so when he came out with the hot pocket thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a manatee guy. <laughs> talking you know? about hot pockets. Yeah, he's talking about hot pockets now. Um, but, and it's funny too, because. His know, last special was really good. Yeah, his yeah. Cinco. Was Cinco. It? Yeah. yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my brother, he was really into a lot of this stuff too. Uh, my siblings and I all have a very similar sense of humor. We're right. very different people. Right. But we all, like, if I think something's funny, I know they're probably going to think it's funny you too. You know, I'm the same way with my siblings. Yeah. There's a lot of, they're my biggest fans. Like, yeah. I remember growing up, any, if I was going to make anybody laugh, it would be my siblings. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so my brother and I in particular, because we're, uh, we're about two years apart. He's about two years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have a sister who's five years younger than me. So she's a little bit yeah. further behind us there. Um, so we uh, – Yeah, maybe when growing up mm-hmm. there was a big gap. But now is there that big gap? Uh, it's, it doesn't really seem as big of a thing mm-hmm. anymore because she's, you know, she's like in her mid-20s now. Right. Uh, I mean I'm going to be 30 a month from today. Whoa. A month from today. I'm in my Doing last month in my big? 20s. Uh, my parents are coming into town. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it'll be a rip roaring time. Um, <laughs> Partying with the family. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I don't even really drink. So like, if there's right, any drinking, right. it'll be my mother, and I'll be her DD. So yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. you having a bit about your your mom being a, a lush. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm going to tell her about this too, and she might even listen to this. Nice. Yeah, I, I was doing that a little bit for a while, and I told her I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, but and it got some laughs, but it just kind of wasn't gelling with a lot of my other stuff. Right. And just, you know, I started identifying what the audience really seemed to like from me, and that just didn't quite fit in there. So I don't really do that anymore. I'll, um, I'll admit, I, I've, I've seen you quite a bit. I would assume I know a lot of your material. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say everything, but... I'm trying to pinpoint like what was yeah some of your first jokes. Uh, I don't want to like say oh I think it's this. No no I can I can tell you too because I remember my very first set I think I I opened with like a joke that I I only did the one time and I don't do it anymore um, because a lot of the stuff from that first set set I still do everything has changed at least slightly from that first right. set which is just the natural progression of things. Of course. Uh, but the the premise yeah. is still there. Yeah, You're yeah, still yeah. talking about. The um, Costco Cardio was there. Yep. Uh, Tony Bennett. I like that bit. And the colonoscopy were all all there from the beginning. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All of those bits were like the first time you went up. Yes. Um, I have changed them all from their original inception. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some um, – most I've added to and reworded and yeah. things like that. And then uh, the Police Academy thing too is something I started doing pretty early on. I want to say it was probably like my third time that I first – I think that's uh, the first bit I saw you kind of yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, that one, I – the first couple of times I did it, it was different than it is now. And it was something that like – Parts of it was getting, were getting laughs. It wasn't mm-hmm. hitting the way I needed it to, but mm-hmm. it was also one of those things. And I'm like, all right, this may not be working right now, but I know it can. Like, right. y- this is something that I went through that I can't not talk about. Right. You know? Um, I feel like some of those, when you're first starting out, that's the only things that are going to really, you know, grasp onto audiences yeah. is the stuff that really happened to you, yeah. you know, stuff that you can relate to others. Yeah. You know, just coming up with crazy one liners might go over well. But I don't think it's going to give you that longevity. Right. Especially yeah. when you're first starting mm-hmm. and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, you know, that's what I found the best responses to are like, mm. oh, hey, here are experiences or things from my life and everything. Um, but yeah, you know, with the police academy thing, like the, originally it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. So I, I was like, okay, 
let me keep what's working. Let me re like that's something I actually like sat down and almost like mapped out. Yeah. Um, because when I rewrote it, I was on the plane. I don't know if I was going to or from Chicago, but it was when I was going home from the home mm. for the holidays. And I was sitting down with a notebook, and what I did is I was like, okay, what do I have to say about Police Academy? What are the funny things? And I just wrote down all these bullet points of, like, stories or crazy things, whatever. And a lot of them I'm like, yeah, that's a funny story. Maybe I can do something with that, but it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a long thing. You know, like, what are some, like, quick things that I can, you know, add in there? Mm. And I, you know, was like, okay, this, I can do a quick little thing about whatever. And that's kind of – and so I sat down. I'm like, okay, let me write on these little few bullet points that I've got. Um, so that one was kind of, like I said, really mapped out and formulated, right. but I have other jokes that are just something that like, you know, one day I'm driving to work and boom, it just pops into my head. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting how jokes kind of come about because like everything I've written has come about in a different way. Sure. You know? So, um, I think yeah. that's like, it is so funny how like, you know, every comic talks about, you know, oh, this is my process. But I also think like, no matter what your process is, there's always going to be those times where like for whatever reason, Inspirato just comes out yeah. of nowhere and you're like, I got to write this down. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might sit down and write every hour at six o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's going to be moments where you're like on a bus or whatever. Yeah. And you're going to be like, well, that was funny. Yeah. I, I got to write that down. Yeah. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I have a new thing that I recently started doing because uh, my car got broken into. Great. And Hilarious. immediately. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, like, this is how you know you're a comedian because when I discovered it was broken into, I'm like, well, New material. <laughs> I mean, like, I wasn't even upset because, well, first of all, I had nothing in that car worthwhile. Right, right. You know, so it was really just like, all right, let me just deal with insurance, whatever. Mm, yep. You know, but, and it's interesting because I'm like, there are so many people that if this would have happened to them, like, regardless of the fact that nothing valuable was in there and mm. really, you know, nothing negative happened other than, okay, right. you got to deal with insurance and get your windows fixed now, people would freak out right. if they saw it. And it's like, no. Well, I think that just proves that you're in a good place yeah because if you weren't in a good place you know if you didn't have bills met if you weren't stable yeah you would be like holy shit Mm -hmm. i don't know what's gonna happen i can't even afford to pay this blah 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 Well, luckily my insurance took care of the whole thing yeah if you yeah well a lot of don't have insurance insurance. (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah and and it i've noticed that things were like if it if people blow up it's usually because of yeah, there's Some something underlining. Yeah, in their life, yeah, this was the uh, avalanche, right. yeah. <laughs> and you're just seeing the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I've been that way too. I mean, I've have if my car got broken into, and yeah, this whole podcasting gear got stolen. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be a, a very miserable person. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would probably have had a different reaction if there was something valuable in there that yeah. they took. Yeah, but I I'm mean, the same way though. Like, yeah, sometimes though, yeah, when it. When you can clearly see, like, this could have been a lot worse. Yeah. You're automatically like, okay. Yeah. No big deal. I'm yeah. not going to let this ruin my life. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like, I, I went down to my car because it happened here. This is where my car is parked, whatever. Yeah. And I saw, yeah. like, my window smashed. And my first thought was, like, what did they think would be in there? Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> well, a lot of times I would assume, like, you know, if they see audio uh, cables or jacks or anything mm-hmm. like that. They're assuming like there's maybe iPods in there or some yeah. sort of. Uh... I mean, and that is the only thing they took. It was an old iPod, but it was this seven year old iPod that I don't yeah. even use anymore. So I was right. like, all right, fine, take it. Yeah, you know, you can take my Chumbawamba. Yeah, and all... <laughs> but I mean, even that <laughs> and all my it Bing was Crosby. Yeah, yeah, I got even... that backed up on DVD. Anyway. Yeah, everything that was on there is backed up. But <laughs> I mean, even that was like in a center console. It mm. wasn't like you know the cable was sticking out or anything yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. You 
don't leave valuable things right. where people can take it because people will jack your shit. Yep. You know, this is a lesson I learned very young. Yeah, you're so, lucky that they didn't take the car. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've had know. the same thing happen. Yeah, I was in a, my apartment and, yeah, it got broken into. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. And I remember my girlfriend going nuts over it. And I'm like, yeah. Big whoop. Insurance will take care of it. Yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to it because this is a, a good excuse to not have to go to work today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the thing with me is like I was able to make an appointment to get my windows fixed the next yeah. day. I was able to work from home. Insurance paid for it. Yep. So within 24 hours of discovering this, it was all taken care of. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, but And now yeah. you got another good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I got about like a minute out yeah. of it. but. <laughs> looks like we're almost man I, I went a little longer than expected yeah. but uh man emily it's been a, a thin slice of heaven thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure and it would be cool to have you on again Maybe, yeah no uh, thanks you know, for get having another me. guest yeah it'd be great yeah um, no i'd love to do it again this is fun so cool thank you for having me yes do you want to uh, plug anything before we shove on out uh i do have a show coming up this friday however i think your podcast will probably come out yes. after that uh but i'm still gonna say it uh i am gonna be at uh ocean steel house friday to Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the in the well, if there's any time travelers listening, yeah, uh, if you want to go back, back in, time, in time, just a couple of days, right? And uh, tell Emily, don't say that one uh, blackface joke. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go over well at yeah. all. <laughs> no, but, thanks. Where were you when I was delivering that <laughs> set? But yes, uh, and also check me out. Well, it's a show that's in the past as well at the OCST House. We're all going to be at the OCST yeah, House. Yeah, that's the place to be. Yeah, so definitely check that place out if you want to see a good comedy from a lot of different people. Or check both of us out wherever you uh, get open mics in the Orange County area. Mm-hmm. We'll be around. I'll be around, definitely. Definitely. And thank you again, Emily. And as always, go ahead, um, if you want to, sh- yeah, duh, throw out the social media. Uh, you know, I'm not really that active on oh, social media. I really you should do be. It so much in your day job. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't really do social media. It's more just you know, whatever general websites mm. and whatnot. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I should, uh... Okay. Then don't follow Emily. Well, I do. And shit. Oh my god. I was like, I was about to throw out my uh, Instagram, but I'm like, let me double check what it is. <laughs> it shows you how uh, like how often I update this. I'm yeah. pulling up my Instagram right now. Uh, okay, yeah, it's EA Champ Seven. I didn't know if there was a seven there or not. That's Got what it. I had to double check. <laughs> but that's that's my Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter that I haven't updated in like several years, so I'm gonna throw that out. Maybe I'll start with that soon. Uh, but if you want to catch me on Facebook, yeah, Emily Champlin. What are you waiting for? You're uh, you know still testing the waters of Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> you know I don't know about this newfangled Twitter thing mm-hmm. right now. I don't know. I think that I think it might just be a flash in the pan. <laughs> you know, something people would do like for like a month, like Pokemon Go, yeah. and then it'll wait, just go away. Yeah, try to wait another so. decade, see if it lasts, <laughs> then come on. <laughs> All right, guys, but definitely check me out, of course, on social media at this comics live, or go to the D Stories on Twitter, or you can hit me up on the archaic email at thiscomicslivepod at gmail.com or just rate and review wherever you get podcasts and tell a million friends and also just yeah be yourself all right peace out guys